You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. And it starts right now. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Kylo Show. Ta-da. Ta-da. We made it back. We are. <laughs> well, anything exciting happening in your world? Uh, probably. 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 <laughs> what, like, what specifically is exciting? I don't know. I'm, I'm exciting that this is all going so well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited that so many people are grabbing onto it and kind of making it part of their functional world. Their, their weekly to-do list. Is yeah. The, I mean, the feedback we're getting is just fantastic and, and, uh, watching it mm-hmm. affect homes and couples and singles and people working stuff out and yeah. people with adult children and adult children dealing with their parents and it's just fun. Yeah, it's just, it's fun to hear the stories. It's it's fun to get the messages of, you know, I listen to the Kyla show. I have a question. I'm normally yeah. sending you over to Speak Pipe if you haven't heard about that, you want to check that out. Yeah, Speak Pipe, which is the kylashow.com. That's where you submit questions is through SpeakPipe. I'm yeah. doing a little mini commercial right now. There you go. That's how this Do is it. going. Yes, that's where all these questions are coming mm-hmm. from is the SpeakPipe. And um, I was going to say something and it's gone. Yeah, it's, it's the sound Lincoln makes sometimes. It'll come back. Okay. Well, yeah. Lincoln, he just got um, recommended black belt and Taekwondo. I know. Which is super fun. It's super fun. He's you know, breaking boards and stuff and or yeah. not. You or know, not. Or oh, not. Man, oh, the last time. It, we had a we have a crowd. Every time we go for his testing, there's a crowd, which every single time his instructor mentions it, mm-hmm. his crowd section, yes. his cheering section. And this last time he has three tries to break the board. And he's on the third try and he hasn't done it yet. The kick. Oh, it's the kick. It's always the kick. Yeah. He kicks it. I stand up in the bleachers, both arms up. Yes. We yelling. all are cheering. Yes. It's like he <laughs> caught the winning touchdown <laughs> know, out there. Like... <laughs> I know. Oh, it was a great moment. And then I'm crying, thinking, I'm going to be crying for many years to come. Because, like, <laughs> just so many years to come, I'm going to be crying over these kids. Yeah, he kicks the board and my foot hurts. <laughs> like, oh, we did it. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> Oh, well, we are going to do questions again because we have so many that have been coming in that we want to make sure we get to, um, especially as we end our first season of the Kylo Show. It's coming up. We're TikToking here. We are so close. Like that countdown. Uh Um, But yeah, so we're going to jump into questions. And the first one that we have today comes from someone named Aaron. Aaron. Hi, Danny and Brittany. I have a question for you both. Where do you most commonly see people misunderstanding and misusing boundaries in relationships, be that with a spouse, a child, close friend, or even in the workplace? Well, a couple places would be most common. One of them would be not doing it. Yeah, I would say I don't know that it's a people group um, as much as it is someone that doesn't do it or um, isn't used to encountering boundaries. That's where you get a lot of pushback. Yeah, I think. So maybe children because they're the youngest. (laughs) Well, they have yet to learn. (laughs) But uh, I think that when 
people make excuses to not set boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's probably the most prevalent one I'm aware of. And then the other one would be rejection. Mm. I didn't set a boundary. I just rejected you. Mm. You're out of my life. I forgive you. I just hope I never see you again. Like, ah, yeah, I don't think you're going to use that word. You keep using that word, but I don't think you know. It doesn't mean what you think. It's very much a misapplication of a boundary where I erase all hope Hmm. of the relationship. I kicked you out of my life, and I called it a boundary. I'm just setting a limit with you. I'm just setting a boundary with you. Like, no, you just rejected this person, and you hope they disappear from your life. Mm-hmm. Whereas a boundary, you know, an, a, a healthy boundary always leaves the hope of reconciliation. There's going to be some adjustments. There's going to be some repentance. There's going to be some conversation. There's going to be some, some understanding, but there's, I'm, I'm open to ha- having our relationship. It may not be where it was, yeah. but I'm I'm not xing you out of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I it's understanding the difference between boundaries and punishment. You know, we call it boundaries. And I think that's why a lot of people have such a hard time with the word boundaries is because they've encountered punishment. Mm-hmm. And um, so to do it with the message of I have hope for restoration, mm-hmm. um, but I do have requirements. For you to come inside my house, mm-hmm. uh, and so the the ones that have gotten hurt because a boundary was just really punishment, uh, it's probably really hard to set a boundary with that person, um, or someone that's out of control. Mm-hmm. Those those are also so again. I don't know if it's husbands, kids, workplace. I think it's just people. You say that. I, I think a common one that that I hear about. I mean, I don't know if it's a disproportionate number of yeah. that's happening but it's adult parents with adult children who are getting a quote boundary yes. set with them yeah. by their children which basically is just an expulsion mm. like i don't want you calling i don't want you coming over you don't have access to your grandchildren you've been toxic my whole life yeah. you are out you will never change you know, blah, blah, blah. And the parent is just sitting out there spinning in pain and rejection. And, you know, and the, and the adult child is frustrated with the dynamic not changing. So I think that's probably the place where I'm aware it seems to be unsuccessful Mm -hmm. in, in the language of a boundary. But um, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it's just, you know, and, it, and oftentimes it's religious parents, you know, mm-hmm. that have children that have said, no, thank you. I don't want any of this in my life. And the, and the grandparent wants to bring it to the child who doesn't want it. And now there's this. You know, I'm trying to evangelize my grandchildren because you're, and they're like, well, we're trying to protect our children yeah. from your crazy religion. You know, here we go. This is the painful, painful, dis- you know, distortion that happens. And they've 
elevated the issue of religion above connection. Mm-hmm. And, and they have a giant disconnect. And until they get the connection going, there'll be no conversation around how faith is going to move in this relationship. Yeah. Uh, ben and I were in a young adults leadership track thing uh, last week. And we were talking about these uh, young, very young adult humans, <laughs> young men and women, <laughs> and they're trying to figure out how to have a boundary with their parents while they still live in the house, mm. but they're still, they're adults. And some of their um, needs were, you know, very selfish young young adults' needs. And some of them were, you know, le- legitimate. And, and that's the next phase, but it is a hard tension between the adult child and the parent learning how to give that permission and that dance. So I wonder if that is a dynamic that maybe the boundaries live in with more tension is how to, how to communicate, how to navigate that, how to not send a rejection message, how to not um, have all this built up frustration. Maybe if you're teen years that explodes mm-hmm. on your parents. As soon and as and your, your skill level in communicating as a, as a young adult typically isn't, isn't awesome. Yeah. That's usually where people get married right there, you know, which is another really tough place yeah. to set boundaries that aren't rejecting mm-hmm. and manage that to where, you know, cause you get hurt, something happens in your early marriage and you, you close your heart to mm-hmm. this person because of the pain and then you dwarf your relationship because of that and then you get hopeless because you have this dwarfed relationship that you don't see really came from a bunch uh, on your side because you were the victim of what whatever and so you know that that all plays into boundaries as well as learning how to mature your love and communicate boundaries and not give up. Just don't give up the process, mm-hmm. and you'll end up, one way or another, you'll end up as a mature person. Um, but if you give up, you end up getting dwarfed yeah, because of your own bitterness. I think you need to do a Life Academy course on the how-to of boundaries. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Pretty sure it would do really well. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> if you think that's a good idea, you should message me and let me know, and maybe I can put in a word. There we you. go. Let's yeah. see if we can't Let's get see. the old help you out? the old guy doing uh-huh. some new stuff. <laughs> All right. The next question we have comes from Deborah. Hi there. Um, thank you so much for everything that um, you've been sharing on this podcast. I'd like to ask, how, where does the peace of God play a role in a dating relationship? Where Everything in the relationship seems to be um, good and the person is a believer, but there is just um, an unrest on the inside of your spirit. How do you go about dealing with that, Um, especially when you really love the person, um, but you're not quite feeling a a sense of peace on the inside, um, which is not related to fear or anything else like that. It's just and unsettledness. Thank you. I'd appreciate an answer on that. 
Well, I mean, let's let's just go with that. The way that question was asked, and this is not related to any past injury or past uh-huh. patterns in relationships. Her, There's no fear, fear at uh-huh. all. It's just, I think what she's describing is the Holy Spirit. So that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think that Stop. is another word for Holy Spirit is guiding you. Yeah. Uh, but classically, that is, uh, I got this really great situation with this really great person. Uh, it's going really great. But I have this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, this thing is called a memory. Mm-hmm. You know, and the memory is most likely saying, but what if this happens again? Mm-hmm. That last round almost killed you. Mm-hmm. You felt like this before. You can't trust yourself. I mean, there's a bunch of that stuff that is quite possibly at work as well. So let's say that that's not there, that uh, I am all healed up. I've had uh, numerous intimate relationships with other people, not dating relationships, but I have good friends that I'm all in. I have. Mm-hmm. I. I know I have healthy soul tie building ability, mm-hmm. and I have that in various places. I know what it feels like. I'm not afraid of being betrayed. I'm not afraid of other people's mistakes or cycles. You know, like some people just kind of do dumb stuff, and you're like, "Wow, what what happened?" Like, I'm sorry, I did some dumb stuff. Um, Family members, I have, you know, I have soul ties with family members. I, you know, I have these places where I know I can experience being all in in a relationship and um, I'm not holding back because I'm afraid of being hurt. Mm-hmm. So if you have that going on and you're getting the, you know, the beep, 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 warning, warning, <laughs> the then light. pay attention. You know, there's a, there, that's exactly what that's for. That's that you're, you are picking up on something and, um, hold, <laughs> yeah. hold. I love talking to my girls about, um, just, you know, as they're in high school and junior high and the world of poor choices is awaiting them. It feels like, and and checking in with their ability to recognize the Holy Spirit kind of tugging on their heart or trying to give them those yellow flags or those slow down or the pause. Um, because the, if that practice isn't consistent in your life, it starts to get, it feels like you doubt it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, that's just a, a thought that I had when she's talking is, you know, it does feel like the Holy Spirit if we take everything off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would be comparing that to other moments where it feels like the Holy Spirit. Because uh, if it's if it's that, then I don't know that you should keep moving forward. Yeah, you, well, you're going to regret it. Yeah. You know, if you had that kind of register happening, that mm-hmm. conviction, that, that, that warning, and then you just plowed right through it, yeah. and then it turns out to be true, you're going to be kicking yourself. Yeah, and that's on the other side of that. It's not fun to live in that kind of consequence mm-hmm. of decision. So, but just be checking in with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that, that's what I'd be suggesting. 
We picked up a lot of new listeners since we launched The Kylo Show, and some of you might not be following Danny and Brittany on social media. And if you're not, you should. You can follow both of them on Instagram and Facebook at Danny Loving on Purpose and at Brittany Circle. If you're not following them, go ahead and do that now. All right. Next question we have uh, comes to us from Mark. Hey, Danny and Brittany. Uh, my wife and I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks for all you do. Uh, we talk about this a lot, so I'm not dropping any bombs on my marriage via podcast here. Uh, but my wife was raised to more often than not take an adversarial or disrespectful tone, and she doesn't realize she's doing it. Do you have any Kylo tips that I can help her get better at this, uh, even when she's had a really bad day with the kids? Sure, I'm I'm capable of some pretty sassy tones. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody is, actually. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, with Ben, he... When Ben's disrespectful, it's like Mickey Mouse being disrespectful, okay? It just doesn't exist. <laughs> He's not very disrespectful in tone. It is, uh, you know, he's not the one that ever struggles with it. And when he does, it's like, what just happened? I actually kind of get excited about it because it never happens. I it's like know. Reagan getting angry. <laughs> That's our dog, our golden retriever. <laughs> yeah. So I know that I carry, I can be short and rude is it's right there it's easy for me to find it um compare the two of us uh and i know that ben's response to me has been hey i'm not sure what your goal is right now but that feels hurtful or what'd you hear me say or that was the other one that he says all the time yeah um so that's been our practice when i'm trying to communicate something i'm trying to use the tools but i am irritated and it's coming out this the other day we were in our room and I'm, he has so much grace for me, guys. He has so much grace for me. I'm at like an eight as far as the whole upstairs looks crazy. I walk out my bedroom door. There's just Lincoln snacks, a sweatshirt, a sock, a this, a that, you know. So my need for order and structure and this is, it's losing right now. It's losing bad and we're supposed to go somewhere. Everyone's homework's delayed. So I start bringing all of that to how I'm communicating to Ben about needing some help. And he just looks at me. And now I know that I'm doing that more than ever. <laughs> I'm, I'm very aware of his ability to give me a look. And so I just have to take a deep breath and try it again because I'm realizing I'm introducing disrespect and, and I don't want to at all. But I have to – we've had so much practice of him giving me good information and me catching myself and me managing myself to not bring it in. But it's this, um, it's just a partnership that, you know, he's done a really good job of giving me good feedback and I'm doing a good job of receiving that feedback and doing something with it. Mm -hmm. So uh, the suggestion I would make is, is, you know, what'd you hear me say? Or, Hey, I know you're frustrated, but that feels super painful when it's, communicate that way because mm -hmm. if you just match fire with fire it doesn't go well mm -hmm. you end up with two dragons <laughs> mm. yes dinosaur wars yeah. um yeah i i think the as you're talking i'm thinking about the maturing process between your mom and i around this you know how we're going to communicate mm -hmm. that we're different yeah and and i think what's happening you know, the longer we do this is 
the more value we have for the connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just beginning. I mean, it just it feels like it's hockey sticking right now. It's like, <laughs> wow. And we are way more careful than we've ever been. And and I can see, you know, if if your mom's having a rough day with whatever and she she wants to vent i just say she wants to act like ellie her cat yeah yeah <laughs> she goes vinka on me you know then i i do give her a look like and she just starts backpedaling but it's taken us a while mm-hmm. to get to that where we can uh but if if she gives me that look you know and i'm i'm like uh okay i i hear me too so it's the value for the connection has to mature. Mm. It just has to mature. And I think that starts altering the permission you give yourself in your uh, variance in your communication, mm. you know, from, from respectful to disrespectful, it starts tightening up to where you, yeah. you really are. You don't have a, a, you don't give yourself permission to go very far into the disrespect because you can see it on their face. Mm-hmm. You can see how it's landing. Yeah, I'm hurting you. Yeah, and I th- and maybe we do that with our children faster because our children's reaction is so unmeasured. You know, like, <laughs> oh, geez, I did that. That was me. I pushed you. I hit you with a a yeah. hurt and or a, a, an intimidation and. I lost you, mm-hmm. but there it's it is in the same the same place. We are giving each other feedback with the expression on our faces, mm-hmm. and if we'll learn to manage our side of it, we can we can avoid a whole bunch of it. Yeah. He did, you know, he did say that you know she has a culture, mm-hmm. so there's there's a there's a pretty wide variance in how far you can go because people absorb a bunch of disrespect in some families. And so that way of communicating doesn't feel like disrespect because you didn't F bomb me yet. Yeah. But if you F bomb or you start cussing, okay, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, no, you that's said all this other stuff before you ever got to cussing. So that, you have to work that out, mm-hmm. and you do work it out with feedback. You yeah. do work it out with ouch. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions we've asked couples before is, you know, how much disrespect do you want in your relationship? And um, I don't know if it's a tool you recently recently introduced Ben to or if you read it somewhere, but he's been talking about the we always and we never. Mm-hmm. And it maybe that's some a tool that he, they could be using is just – kind of defining their levels of respect and disrespect mm-hmm. and what we always do and what we're never going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and casting vision for these things just helps keep the, the fuel going and that this fire is we're protecting it. We mm-hmm. want this to burn. We don't want to burn the house down. We want a really nice fire in the fireplace. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it's meant to be. And, and so clarifying um, where that line is I think sometimes helps – um, just keep a purpose for what we're doing and what we're protecting. Absolutely. And it's the whole, you know, 
family creed, mm-hmm. you know, the family culture. Yeah. It's it's our agreements. How are we going to conduct ourselves? And uh, you know, we we never blame, accuse, or attack each other when we're upset. Mm-hmm. We always communicate about ourselves mm-hmm. to each other with ownership, responsibility, and respect. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like we would just make a set of always and nevers that we agree to. And we go, okay, yeah, I will hold myself mm-hmm. to that agreement. Yeah. And you hold yourself to it. And if there's any violations, I'll throw up a flag mm-hmm. and say, we have an agreement. Yeah. We, you know, beginning of the year, as you always do, you kind of have your plan, your dreaming and all these things. And we were doing that. And Adeline can't help herself. Hmm. She's just, she's always the one that wants to get in on the goals that we're setting, mm-hmm. the action steps, the always and the nevers. And so she was writing down her own of, you know, we always and we never. And it was, it's just fun. It's fun to see your kids, uh, pull it in when you've been practicing casting vision and protecting it and other ways in your family and to watch them join in. She's, she's such a structure girl. She is. She, she does love that. She too. loves that structure. <laughs> Great question, Mark. All right. Uh, the next one comes to us from Esther. What do you do when trust has been broken and you see your spouse trying to build trust but it still feels like you don't trust them. How do you heal after betrayal in marriage? It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Um, we do have a course that might be helpful. We do. It's uh, it's really a beautiful story of... Um, the restoration mm-hmm. that you know that comes through keeping your love on and 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 walking i think it's called from betrayal to restoration yeah. uh, but it is uh, it's a story you know we i've used ben and heather's story a number of times mm-hmm. but it has a lot to do with the courage of truthing each other mm. and the and the skill of truthing because if i if i'm not telling you the truth i promise you i won't trust you that's a hard statement and it's you know so when you tell me that you don't trust someone you just told me that you don't truth someone Hmm. you've you're holding back what you feel you're holding back your experience of them you're holding back really good information in the relationship because you don't believe that they will value it or protect it, and you're protecting yourself, which is part of the truth they need to experience. They Mm -hmm. need to know that I don't believe that you're going to protect me if I'm vulnerable with you. And they say, how do I fix that? Say, well, I don't know. How did you break that? Mm. And they'll say, oh, I got on those porn sites again. I've been m- masturbating to porn even though we were connected. Mm-hmm. I didn't protect you. you know, that kind of 
truth. This is truthing right yeah. here. This is like most people are like, ah, people turn it down. The kids like, are in the car. The I can't believe we're talking like this right now. And the, but this is yeah. very much truthing. Yeah. Like I and I'm not blaming you. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you what's going on inside of me that I am experiencing you and. I still, I have work to do over here, but I am afraid you will not protect me. Mm-hmm. That courage to truth someone is more terrifying and it's so much easier to say, I just don't trust you. Yeah. And and to stay in, you have to prove that I can trust you again. Or to say, no, nothing's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, I'm fine. Uh-huh. You seem distant. No, I'm good. Oh, you're wearing an iceberg <laughs> on you, but you're doing fine. And, and that I have a lot of those conversations is I just don't trust them. I just don't trust them. And, and it's the I am terrified to be honest and actually tell. And, and sometimes it's I don't want to be hurtful mm-hmm. in this truth because mm-hmm. this truth is so painful mm-hmm. that I'm going I'm going to maybe crush you with it. And, and so the, I don't want to tell you that truth. And my personality is like, I'll tell you this truth. My, I have to be not punishing with mm. my. Well, yeah. And truthing isn't judging. Yeah. And, and truthing isn't rejecting and truthing isn't punishing. Mm-hmm. Truthing is exposing me, uh, being authentic, being vulnerable. I mean, that's truthing. That's what people don't want to do, yeah. but that's how you build trust. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm not going to trust anybody if I'm not willing to truth them. Which is a really big step, especially it's, if you're not used to that practice. Yeah, and and a lot of us are not used to that practice. So it uh, it's growth, it's courage. And, and there's a commitment to, to having intimate, trusting relationships. Mm. Yeah. Guys, there's another course I'm going to try and get them to do is, is how to tell the truth in love. <laughs> True thing. This, we're, this is a productive <laughs> podcast. We're just coming up with all sorts of ideas of new things that we could be putting out there. Uh, all right. Um, good question, Esther. So the next one that we have comes to us from Hannah. Hi, my boyfriend and I, we are both 23 years old and um, we love each other very much, but there are too many places that I feel like he still needs to grow up in. And now, um, because I really love him, I don't want to just leave the relationship, but at the same time, staying with him and having to patiently deal with all the problems are very exhausting um for example for example he he is very short-tempered and his family struggles with anger even though he's not physically violent but he can be a little bit emotionally violent like he would blame me or Um, say things like, well, if you did this, then I wouldn't be angry, then I wouldn't do this and do that. And so I'm asking for advice, what I can do and how to draw a healthy boundary, because whenever I'm trying my best to draw a boundary, 
I'm kind of physically leaving the place and he gets hurt by that. So, yes, thank you very much. Well, that, I mean, that doesn't sound like any fun at all. No. And at 23, both of you have a lot of growing to do, you know, a lot of maturing to do, a lot of changing to do. So it's a little, uh, but she's she's basically pointing out there are unacceptable levels mm -hmm. of disrespect, injury coming mm -hmm. when you are upset. Yeah. And so got it. That's That's brilliant on her part to identify that. I love you, I want to be with you, and every time you do that, I have to protect myself from you. Mm -hmm. That's not great. And that's not going to be a future that anybody wants to live in. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully she's truthing him, mm -hmm. you know, like that, like we were just talking about. And I hope they find a community of people that they can draw strength and maturity from mm -hmm. and they're not doing this on their own yeah because it takes way longer by yourself yes but if you can if you can plug into a group of of people that share your goal mm -hmm. of healthy relationships and and hopefully tap into some maturity like people mm -hmm. further down the road like get around some married people that are yeah. doing a good job mm -hmm. um, get around some people that have maybe climbed out of a similar hole and 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 apply and learn and learn how to get feedback learn how to let someone put eyes on yeah. you your life your character your relationship and and draw strength from that yeah. the and and one of the pieces she said that often it it's her leaving the room mm -hmm. and he finds that hurtful mm -hmm. Which I, I get, especially, you know, it uh, sounds like his upbringing, that is how we communicate. So potentially he thinks that he's trying to communicate. Um, but I would continue to suggest that that's what she do, uh, which the powerful language is, I would love to have this conversation and stay in this room if you're going to be respectful. But currently it's super painful. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go into the other room. Let me know when you're ready. Mm -hmm. um, the message of hope, I want to have this conversation. I want to do this. I don't want to do it like this. Here's my boundary. Mm -hmm. um, when you don't do these things with community, what I have watched is your standard for what your boundary is starts to lower. You get worn out by constantly setting this boundary. And so often you end up in, I stay in the room now because he's convinced me that I'm an evil person if I leave. And he makes it worse uh -huh. when I leave. And so paying attention to that community aspect, because if you are doing it on your own, you are, it feels like you're setting yourself up for this potential to be consumed by this person trying to convince you that he controls you mm -hmm. or she controls you. Mm -hmm. And this is where... Don't get married right now. Please don't get married. Don't say yes to engagement. Just don't do it right now. Just get some more momentum and help because otherwise you'll be on the other side of this. With a child. Yeah, and a lot more pain than you have ever thought you could experience even in what you're in right now. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and, and that's, you know, not having community and, and doing it by yourself. You just isolate and it is dangerous. That's so, so hard to watch. Yeah. And it's the, the willful leads, the willful culture leads. And in this case, in a family system, if you, if you discover that anger and rage and intimidation is how you feel powerful, when you feel powerless, when you feel hurt or scared, rage and anger is survival. And so you will shape your next environment Mm -hmm. with that very thing. This is little toddlers. You watch the little children begin to experiment with what comes natural to them. Mm -hmm. Some kids just disappear in passivity Mm -hmm. and get their needs met through withdrawal. And some kids come over the counter at their parents. (laughs) And they're, and maybe that is really, you know, Winnie the Pooh parents that are just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) This kid rules the roost. Yeah. And then they go on to find Winnie the Pooh Mm -hmm. and marry him Mm -hmm. and continue. Yeah. I would think Hannah, you know, a good question for you is, how long do you want to keep participating in this cycle? Mm-hmm. If someone is unwilling to change, um, you're 23, you're very young, and and it's not your job to fix him. Yeah, it's your job to do a good job with the value of who you are and um, being a powerful person. So, she said many times she loves him, which is which is great, you know. But she better be truth in him. Uh-huh. She better be truth in him and let him know that, you know, it's not my job to protect me from your anger. Yeah. It's your job to protect me from your anger. Yeah. So hold on to that. If you love Danny and Brittany on The Kyla Show, you'll love them on social media as well. You'll see clips and quotes from the show as well as get a peek into their lives. Go follow Danny at Danny Loving on Purpose and follow Brittany at Brittany Circle. Go do that now. Okay, we're going to go ahead and um, jump into our testimony, which is coming to us from Rusty. I don't know if it's the Rusty it we know, but it's, right. it's a Rusty. Okay. <laughs> hey, Danny. Hey, Brittany. It is. Mm-hmm. I appreciate y'all inviting me on to talk about one of my absolute favorite subjects, keep your love on and the loving on purpose principles. I know it sounds a little cliche, but principles that have changed my life. So my journey with Keep Your Love On and the principles started about seven years ago. Seven years ago, uh, my best friend introduced me to the book Keep Your Love On. I read it, consumed it, then read it again, and then (laughs) probably read it a couple more times. Just soaked it up. And it came at a time where it was, uh, I mean, it's needed at any season of life. But for us, it came at a really, really important time. At that time, we had two teenage daughters that we were losing connection with. We were losing. Um, They were struggling. We were struggling in our relationship. And just a little bit of background is uh, Aaron and I, my wife and I, are first-generation Christians. So we're trying to raise two daughters, not having a clue how to do that from a Christian perspective. 
And so the materials that were brought into our life, although there were some good things, obviously, there was really a focus on obedience. And it's so interesting how that can easily get out of balance. And it certainly got out of balance in our home. Our hearts were to do the best job for our girls, to raise them right, obviously. But the experience that our daughters had for most of their life was our love was conditional. In other words, you do these things and don't do these things, we're good. But as soon as you make a mistake, we are probably going to withdraw our love and you're probably going to get punished. Again, our hearts were in the right place, but our method definitely needed some improvement. So when we read Keep Your Love On, it just, we knew it was truth. We're like, this is it. This is the answer. So we started applying it in our marriage. Then we started applying it in our family. And this is kind of what I wanted to highlight. And I just wanted to bring some hope to some parents out there that might think, is it too late? Is it too late? Well, my girls were 19 and 15 at the time. And I can tell you today, our relationship with them is never better. But when Keep Your Love On first came into our life, it was at a low point. So we sat our girls down and had a little meeting. We made a decision that day, sat them down, apologized for sending the message of conditional love, cleaned up our mess, asked them to forgive us, and then I looked right at him and I said, I'm making you a promise. From this day forward, we're doing a new thing in this family. We are going after connection. And specifically, we're going after connection with you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. And they looked at me like I was nuts. And in their defense, they had no reason, no history to believe what I was saying was true. I was going to have to prove it over time. But Aaron and I really, really were intentional to implement these principles in our culture, to make a true culture change. So, again, I want to bring hope to those out there that might think it's too late. I promise you it is not too late. Our relationship with our girls today is better than ever. And there is no doubt in my mind that's because we changed the culture that day. We made a decision that we were going to do something different. We were going to pursue their hearts and connection and get out of the punishment paradigm. And I'm so, so grateful for these principles. Thank y'all for what you're doing. Keep it up. Take care. Bum, bum. Yep. That's our rusty. There he is. It's a, I mean, I know their younger daughter, Emma, mm-hmm. she's a, you pastor for junior high at JC, and I mean, she's a hoot. She is funny. She she's does our video announcements uh, <laughs> as well. She's got her dad's sense of humor. They are funny, 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 funny people. But she's. I mean, I've, I've watched her grow so much in yeah. coming here, and it's it's such a testimony to what I know of their story even more. Mm-hmm. Um, how much she's come to own the tools yeah. and activate and live in them. And, um, well, because she was not a fan. No, not so much. Not so um, much. And just, I mean, she came through the school leadership with Ben and uh, trying to figure out what she's going to do. And then she just kept being part of the culture and part of the value system and 
got hired and is doing a great job loving these kids and teaching them to be powerful. And you know, she's in a big situation right now that we're all involved in, and I'm watching her ask good questions, and I'm you know watching her lean into leaders, going, "Okay, help me, give me feedback." And it's just so fun to watch and and hear. And I know so much of that is she's gotten from you know, getting at 15 with her parents. And um, interesting part of this story that I learned recently was that they, the first book they ran into was loving our kids and thought it was crazy. (laughs) They're like, Oh no, Oh no, no, we're out. We're out of here. (laughs) Circled back around to keep your love on. And I'm surprised they read it. I would say that they gave you a second chance, but they did. And because they did, um, you know, they went on to, other things and now they're just some of our some of our great partners yeah. you know in uh, uh family coaching uh, helping out with that the name of their ministry oh make away make away marriage making away marriage making away marriage yes. i was going to say something else i was trying to read your mind i couldn't i couldn't find it <laughs> i'm trying to send you <laughs> It's not working. Our antennas, we need to update them. Oh, yes. Makingawaymarriage.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rusty and Aaron. We've got them on our, our um, coaching platform as well. And, yeah. And uh, trying to empower them as much as we can and, and as much as they can handle and do. So they're great options mm-hmm. and great people. Yep. Super, super helpful. Fun. But, and they're doing a good job of, you know, helping us and helping families to mm-hmm. get whole and healthy and, Saving Louisiana, left yeah. there, down yep. there. We just whole healthy families are going to save Louisiana <laughs> and the rest of the world <laughs> as well. That's so good. Um, so that's awesome. Well, always love the questions that we get. Uh, super fun. Yep. And thanks so much for joining us on this week's Kylo Show. Thanks for listening. Never miss an episode of the Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Don't forget to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armading, co-produced by Ashley Beck and Anna Hill, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Don't forget, whole healthy families, gonna save the world.